everyone welcome back to another episode of mind the music you just heard a beautiful track by holly herndon one of my favorite vocalists and producers i am so happy to be back with another episode i feel so blessed that i get to do this and that i can share the things that inspire me when it comes to well-being in electronic music as you know from the intro of the show or if you're new here let me elaborate. I use this show to help uncover a variety of ways to support artist well-being from a holistic viewpoint through a series of interviews with artists, artist managers, meditation gurus, coaches, yoga teachers, and more. I have had some incredible people on my show this year, and I can't thank all of them enough for the inspiring chats and for their music curation because the music on almost every episode so far has been curated by the guests themselves for an extra personal touch. The topics I've covered so far are psychedelic breath, how to take charge of your own brand and fan base, how companies like Record Union support mental health initiatives in the music industry. I've also brought on one of my own coaches on the show and I've even coached producers live on the show myself. Today, I want to do something completely different, something that I actually hadn't thought of before, but I kind of think it's nice to try it out and why the hell not, right? Try something new. So my special guest for today is me. <laughs> it is me. It's just bringing myself on to the show. So I will be talking you through a topic today um, that has been coming up in my life and in my coaching business a lot lately. And I felt it was really time to dedicate an episode of my show to this topic. And the topic is how victimizing yourself is harming you and how you can put a stop to it so that you can take back responsibility for your own life, your own choices and decisions, and be more confident in your career in electronic music. The thing is, I see people around me in my private life and in my business victimize themselves all the time. And I am guilty of it too. And I'm pretty sure you're guilty of it as well. And as I said, I see this pop up um, in my coaching business so much. And lately, I have seen people destroy relationships, friendships, and even marriages because of it, because of victimizing themselves. I've seen people get what they wanted and still not be able to be happy about it. I've seen people get jealous over things they don't have and didn't even want in the first place. I've seen producers block themselves creatively. I've seen DJs miss out on amazing opportunities. And I've even seen an artist break up, quote unquote, with his record label. So before I, I really dive into this topic, I really need to make this clear that I am not judging anybody here. Please, no, I'm not judging. I just want to dive deeper into this topic because I think it's really important to uncover what damage this attitude is doing and how you can turn it around. But before I continue, how about we listen to some piece of music first? 
this track that I want to share next has been very present in my life for the past few months. And I have a friend who absolutely adores it. He has a really beautiful memory attached to it, a memory of unity and connection with all of the people who surrounded him at the time he was hearing this track at a festival this summer. And it's a track by Mapash. It's called Seis, which is the first track of his LP Vom Ende bis zum Anfang, and it was released in October last year. So, for the next six and a half minutes, sit back, relax, listen to it, and in the meantime, let what I've just said sink in for a little bit. And I will be joining you after this tune. Thank you. 
Okay, I am back. I hope you enjoyed that track. So let's dive deeper into what victimizing yourself looks like. I will stick to six examples. Um, and I will stick to examples from the music industry, stuff that I've heard DJs and producers say, but I'm pretty sure this is relatable for many people out there. Okay, so example number one is what I call the instant gratification victim. I had um, a client in my coaching practice who was having some difficulties with working with a booker, finding a new booker. And at some point, this is what he said to me. I've tried working with a booker, but they never really got me the results that I wanted. They have the network and the, and the contacts, and they should have ideas about where to book me or at least see opportunities. But somehow, they didn't really get what I wanted. And I don't really know why, but communication was really bad. It just all kind of went haywire, so I stopped working with them altogether. It just wasn't what I expected, and it's really not easy in general to find the right person who really gets you. Okay, so let's dive deeper into that. Let's have a closer look at what's going on here. To me, the key thing is that, first and foremost, he didn't really know why the communication was bad, and he didn't get what he expected, so he stopped. Again, don't get me wrong, I'm not judging. Plus, if something just isn't working out for you, you shouldn't continue. I applaud you for walking away from something that's not working. However, if it didn't meet your expectations, and if communication was bad and you don't know why, then you really should understand that you're setting yourself up just to be helpless. I instantly can see a couple of things here that you could do or understand to turn this around. And if you're just walking away from it like, oh, it's not my fault, it was bad communication, or, well, I don't really know what happened, but, you know, I didn't get what I expected, and maybe he didn't understand me, then you're just setting yourself up to just be helpless. So, a couple of things that can be fixed here. Number one, you have to set clear expectations from the get-go before you start working together, both for yourself and for your booker. Number two, you have to agree on how you will communicate with each other and how much you will communicate with each other and also when you will communicate with each other so that it's really clear what to expect in terms of communication. And also the, the mediums you want to use, like do you want to use phone calls, do you want to use email, you know, all that stuff should be really clear from the get-go. And number three, you have to ask yourself, do you know yourself what you want to achieve and why? Because that's also really important when it comes to setting expectations and achieving results. And this actually leads me to my second victim, quote unquote, my second example, it's the magic wand victim. And this is something that I've heard um, another client of, my say, of mine say. And it goes a little something like this. I don't know where my music is going. Now this is a typical, a classic case of magic wand victim. Okay, so these people have a tendency of thinking, 
I am working so hard on my music, on my tracks, on my productions. I even released a couple of them or, or I released an LP or an EP and it just doesn't seem to be doing anything. No new gigs are coming out of it as a result. People are not really raving about it. I'm just hearing crickets. Where is this going? Now, there, these are people who think that magic is supposed to happen overnight once they release some of their stuff. Of course, again, don't get me wrong, of course you want your music to be picked up and to be well received. Of course you're looking for confirmation that people like it and of course you are scared that they won't. Your music is super personal and you're exposing a very vulnerable part of yourself by sharing it with the world. But here it comes. Number one, if you don't know where you want to go with your music, how will you know when you get there and where is there? You should get really clear on that if you want to get out of this loop of insecurity and not knowing where you're going. And number two, how can you expect something to happen just like that if you are not willing to build upon what you have made yourself? Because honestly, I don't believe in the whole let the music speak for, its, for itself philosophy, to be really honest. I mean, this may sound weird or shocking, but if you are really, really committed to pursuing a career in electronic music, I don't believe it is just the agent's job or just the booker's job or just the label's job to create opportunities for you. It is equally as much your responsibility to know where you want to go and why. And that requires a vision for what it is that you want. Setting goals, holding yourself accountable and taking actions with effect so that you can achieve the results that you want. Sure, again, don't get me wrong, an entourage or a team can help you shape that, but they also have their own vision and goals that they want to achieve, and those might not all perfectly fit in with what you want, and that's, well, impossible, and that's also okay. So it's really up to you to take responsibility for your career, or at least part of your career, and definitely take responsibility for your decisions and actions and thoughts and feelings around that. If you don't do that, that's totally okay. But please don't come complaining afterwards that you didn't get what you wanted because it really makes you look like a spoiled brat or a diva or worse, just a privileged person. Okay. Now for example number three, Example number three is what I call the ageism victim. And again, I'm going to use an example from my coaching practice. So I had this client who was about 30 years older than me. So in his 60s, I'm 35. I think it was about 65. And at some point he said something along these lines. But Aline, I'm already in my 60s. Maybe I'm too old for this. Plus, a younger generation may not get what I'm doing, what I'm about. And also, you don't really understand that. You have your whole life ahead of you. Maybe this is just not really for me anymore. Maybe I should just let go of these dreams and 
you know, be happy with what I've, with what I've accomplished so far. When I heard this, I was like, okay, really, you're using your age as an excuse. And I should also say a little bit of background information in order to uh, make it a little bit more clear what was going on here. The thing is, this person um, had signed up for a a four-month coaching program so we were working together very intensively and obviously there was a reason he chose to get himself into that program because if you do that you have to be really committed you're putting in a lot of resources into that kind of stuff I mean it's a lot of time it's a lot of money and it definitely is a lot of energy so we have to be really committed to make a change and at some point he was just really resisting the process and that's really quite normal because you know when transformation happens there's always this point where you will start resisting it because that means once you come out of the other end of the transformation you will be expected you know from others and from yourself that you keep delivering and that really sets some people up for fear of failure it stops them in their tracks because it's so much easier to well, let's be honest, be lazy and not do anything about it anymore. So I, I do see that this is what was happening with this client. And as he couldn't find any other excuses anymore just to get himself out of it and just to get himself not to have to work on these changes anymore because it was too difficult at some point and it was too much effort or whatever it was, um, he started to use the age difference between both myself and him as an excuse and just his age in general. The thing is, if you think of it, look at the music industry. For example, Giorgio Moroder. He is 78, I think, at this point. I mean, the guy is still doing his thing, and why the hell not? Um, the thing is also that I do think it's normal um, to be concerned in a music industry, in an industry that is obsessed with youth, that you're concerned about how you will come across. Um, maybe people will think you look a little bit creepy or whatever it is that they think, but you should also realize that people in the music industry and in general will always judge. I mean, people even judge people for being too young in the music industry. Another example, Martin Garrix. They often don't take him seriously because of his young age. Um, you know, because if he was being bombarded to start him so fast, so young. And people often question, how can he have any solid experience? What can he bring to the table? And why is he already at such a top level so young? That's just not normal. You know, but people will also judge you for, you know, all kinds of other stuff like um, your skills or your choice of music or your gender you know the thing is i've read this quote once and you've probably already heard it before yourself and the quote is um opinions are like assholes everybody has one and everyone thinks everyone else's stinks i mean i think that's totally true <laughs> now the only limitation you have is the expectation you place upon yourself because when it comes to music Music has no age, no gender, no sexual preference. It doesn't care what color skin you have. It's just there for everyone. Okay, so I've covered three examples now. Let's take some time to let that all sink in and listen to another piece of music. I will be right back.
cloak with excavation part two. I thought that was kind of befitting here as we are unearthing some dark stuff and getting real with your shadow side isn't always fun but it's very valuable. Okay so moving on I have three more victim examples for you. Example number four is the poor quote-unquote victim. This is the person that says, I don't have enough time, I can't afford this, I really need it though, but I can't really see how this fits into my schedule right now. And this is also the kind of person that I will most likely turn away as a client because they are the ones who don't show up for the sessions, who skip meetings in general, and they always have an excuse ready for how it was because of the fact that they didn't have enough of something, um, enough sleep, enough energy, um, enough money, you know, enough whatever it is that they think they don't have enough of. Um, and to be really honest, this is the most difficult, difficult kind of um, type of victim because deep down they believe they are not worthy and that is really something that is you know difficult to turn around it's not impossible and I have done it uh, for myself um, and for clients but it's really very hard if deep down you think you don't deserve something and you are not worthy of something um, to really build anything upon that because you have a fixed growth mindset. You don't, you don't um, enable yourself to move forward and to, to see beyond um, certain limitations that you place upon yourself. 
and it does take quite some time to turn those limiting beliefs and those limiting expectations around um, in order for you to really have a good solid foundation to build anything upon that uh, let alone pursue a sustainable career in electronic music especially because this is such a high pressure environment and um, it is an environment that tells you so many times that you're not good enough um, or that you don't have enough and um, for example um, your music is not good enough or um, there is always some someone around the corner who is better uh, you know that kind of stuff it's really a high pressure environment so it's not making it you know easy on you either um, speaking of not being good enough this brings me to my fifth example which is the comparison hangover victim this victim looks at other producers or other artists or DJs and is constantly comparing their music is better than, than mine, um, their gigs are cooler than mine. Why do they have that, insert whatever it is, and I don't? They fret over this probably on the daily and they feel really bad and depressed to a point where it's really affecting their music. They're not enjoying their music anymore, they're not enjoying making it anymore, and they just really stop doing it altogether at times. Um, or if they do continue, what they are doing is half-assed, forced, and not really living up to its full potential because the creator didn't believe in it to begin with. Um, this is something that I am pretty sure many of you can totally relate to. Um, I can definitely relate to it. I mean, I can relate to all of the examples I've given so far. I've been guilty of all of them. Um, well, guilty, that sounds really harsh. Um, I've been doing all of them for sure. Um, but yeah, the comparison hangover is definitely a, a difficult one as well, especially in the music industry and the dig digital age that we live in, uh, with social media always being, you know, up in your face, uh, showing examples of, you know, the, the shiny side of life and not really showing the dark side of things. Um, I'm sounding like Star Wars here, but you know what I mean. Um, so. Yeah, comparing yourself to others is something that you do definitely on the daily and really quickly and it really instantly sucks your energy away. It shrinks your energy. It's definitely not giving you an expansive feeling. It's not giving you inspiration um, or an urge to, to move forward and to improve and to do better and to learn and you know, to look up to people um, rather than comparing yourself and feeling bad about yourself. Um, so this is definitely one of the things that uh, to turn around is to really understand that you are you and that is your power. You are unique. There is nobody else like you out there. Um, and there is no point in comparing yourself to somebody else because you have your own wishes, your own dreams, um, your own goals. Hopefully you have set them and you have a vision for what it is that you want. Um, and also the clearer you can get on your vision, um, the easier it will be for you to, to really not be bothered with comparing yourself to others um, because you are secure enough in, in your path and what it is that you want to achieve and what you want to do. Um, so for the last example that I have, um, 
is um, the imposter syndrome victim. And this is really a person that um, is the victim of their own circumstances, or at least thinks uh, he or she is. What this means is that uh, a lot of us tend to think that we're kind of, um, in a way, not good enough to be where we're at, but we are achieving results. We are being successful, but we feel like it's fake. We feel like we don't deserve it. We feel like you know, we don't deserve to be there or to, to, to earn whatever it is that we've earned, the respect or the visibility or, um, I don't know, the record deal or the fan base that we have or the attention or even the fame maybe um, that, we, that we achieved. Um, imposter syndrome is, is something that, to me, I think, I believe it ties in with a fear of success, a fear of being successful, because when you when you are successful, it also means that you have to deliver and that you have to keep delivering on what you think you should achieve or what you think you want to put forth. It's not necessarily what other people think of you. It's probably what you think other people think of you. Um, but it really ties in with, okay, I really have to live up to that expectation now. Like I'm at this certain level, this certain position. Um, so I have to, I have to keep that going. And sometimes you feel like you don't really belong there or you're not ready yet, or you just don't believe in it enough yet. And you feel like an imposter and you feel like you don't, you don't have to be there. Um, again, this really ties in with um, deep down unearthing your limiting beliefs and understanding that whatever is holding you back is something that you can choose to turn around. You have that power. You have that responsibility. Um, and, you know, anyone else can help you do that and can help you support with that. Um, like, for example, me, a coach or a, a manager or even a therapist or a mentor. Um, but it all comes down to you and to your belief. And other people can put in a lot of effort to help you turn around your limiting beliefs and your, your victim behavior. Um, but it really starts with you. And if you don't 100% believe in it, or if you're not 100% committed to even trying to turn that victim behavior around, it will probably never happen. Now, I want to share a couple of strategies that you can use to help you on your way to getting yourself out of your victim position. But before we do that, I suggest we have a listen at another track first. See the cage bird 
at the bosom of the angry shortfall. One finds a fistful. All engaging. All engaging. Perfection's in that non-perfection and I see queen, I see king, I see king, I see queen, well None of you know my kingdom mania Last chance to retract it Last chance to retract it Orchestra with Caged Bird. I really love that track. I, I think it's so good. Okay, so for the final parts of this show, I want to share with you a couple of strategies that you can use to get yourself out of your victim behavior. Now, maybe you want to grab a pen and paper for this one. 
because I'm going to share a lot of steps here. Okay, so let's dive in. Number one is understanding your limiting beliefs. I've already mentioned it in a previous part of the show. Um, a good way to start to really learn to self-empower yourself and not victimize yourself is to detect your limiting beliefs. It is the things you tell yourself sometimes on a daily basis that hold you back from truly doing what you want. You could also call them excuses because in the end that's what they are. Excuses not to have to do something. It really lets you off the hook and it's easy. And then you complain about something that you had control over in the first, first place. It's really a, a vicious, vicious cycle that we want to break. So how can you detect your limiting beliefs and let go of them? A first step would be you need to make a list of the areas in your life where you feel challenged. Consider the following areas. Can be work, relationships, health, family, finances, faith, and of course, music. Now, the second step would be um, make a list of the things that you find challenging in each and every one of those areas. And I will give you a couple of examples that I've already mentioned uh, on the show. So, a few examples would be I'm not good enough, my technical skills aren't good enough. I can't afford it, I don't have enough time, or I don't have time in general, I have too much to do, I'm too old for this, it is just not at the right level yet, I should be happy to be given this opportunity, I can't complain, and so on. These are just a couple of examples of things that you find challenging in each area, um, in the areas that you have defined. Now, in the music industry and in your music career, all of these examples that I've just mentioned um, definitely can apply and probably do apply to many of you. Now, the next step, so step number three would be to examine where your limiting beliefs are coming from. What are the sources of your limiting beliefs? It may be something you heard your parents say all the time when you were a kid. Perhaps it's an experience from your adulthood, something a friend told you and you believed it to be true. It could be a bad experience that keeps you from stepping outside of your comfort zone. It could be any of those things. Now, when you consider the sources of your limiting beliefs, I want you to consider the following areas childhood experiences, things that happened in your childhood, at school, family experiences, so things you were told by your primary caregivers, <clears throat> excuse me, historical and ancestral experiences, things like poverty, immigration, slavery, loss, family history, friendships, so experiences you had with friends, cultural and gendered messages, adulthood experiences, relationships, just, just to give you a few. And then step number four would be to observe your limiting beliefs and choose again. Look, it's really simple. At some point, you chose to let external sources and circumstances define your feelings. So that means you can choose again. Lasting change starts internally 
with things like energy, willpower, clarity, and passion. And as your internal resources start to grow, your external resources will naturally start to grow as well. <clears throat> okay, so strategy number two is having a plan, having a vision. Once you have a clear vision of what you want and when you want it, you can start taking action with effect. So you have to be clear with yourself about what you want to achieve and then you want to have a clear plan that you will follow to get you there. You have to be connected to um, the music industry, the scene that you plan on being active in. For example, if you're not part of a certain scene anymore and you're not aware of what is trending in that scene or no longer interested in it, then don't go looking for opportunities there. And also one more thing, you need to be persistent, okay? Rome wasn't built in a day, we all know that. And it really takes some time to build a career, build relationships, build, build networks. It's kind of like dating. You don't want to rush things. You don't want to just decide to move in together or to get married right from the get-go, right? Right, okay. So um, in order for you to make a plan, I have three steps that you can consider that you can try out. So step number one for you to make a plan for yourself is to think about why you are doing what you're doing. Because if you are not clear on your why, how can others understand why you are doing what you're doing? I've already mentioned this earlier on the show as well. And I want you to tie in your why with your most important values. In the end, that is what motivates you on a deeper level, your values. And this is also something that you should probably think about. What are your, your most important values? For me, for example, it's freedom, freedom of choice, um, connection with other people, being of service, um, um, joy, being able to provide for my family. Those are some of the values that I, I hold up very highly. Okay, so step number two in making a plan would be to list your goals. I want you to write down at least five goals and set deadlines for each and every one of them. You want, the, you want to put them on your calendar because if it's not planned, it's not real. It's just a dream and it will never happen, okay? And then step number three and the final step would be to break down each goal into smaller chunks. So once you've chosen your goals and you've put them on your calendar with your deadlines, you want to start defining action steps you need to take for each goal. If you break up every goal into smaller steps, you will be more likely to actually get to work and do it. And remember, I also want you to set deadlines for each and every one of those action steps because this will help you to hold yourself accountable. And also, the, the more you break up your goals into smaller chunks, the less likely you are to get overwhelmed and you will actually see that any goal you will set for yourself is so easy to achieve. Okay. Now, the third strategy that I want you to... Um, try out in order to turn your victim behavior around is to really leverage the life experience you have so far, okay? It doesn't really matter what age you are, 
but just understand that with each year that you are become that you are getting older um, you are getting advantages you know so for example um you know you you have life experiences now that you didn't have maybe three years ago or 10 years ago you have more knowledge than you would have had years ago and you've had more time on this planet to really learn new things and and explore you know and also you want to understand that you need to learn to be kind to yourself, to drop self-judgment and censorship, and to just allow yourself to be happy and respect where you are at this point in your life right now with all the skills that you have at your disposal at this point in time, okay? So a way that you can do this is to celebrate your wins. I really do think we don't do this enough and it is so important look back at all of the things that you've achieved so far and be really grateful for these accomplishments. Skim through your calendar and have a look at the past six months, for example. It is insane what you forget about sometimes and you will discover events you went to, projects you've launched, gigs you've landed, etc. That, that you can be damn proud of. Remember to do this on the regular, to give yourself a confidence boost. This will really help you to be grateful for every opportunity that came your way and that will come your way to make sure that you can give it your best, okay? Now, I also want you, lastly, to consider this thing. Um, some people that work in the music industry or that want to pursue a career in the music industry are confusing going out clubbing with DJing professionally, for example. So I really want you to make or to consider making smart lifestyle choices. Um, so it is true that nightlife and DJing, because I am talking about electronic music in specific here, but again, applicable to other stuff. Um, so it's true that nightlife and DJing um, go hand in hand, you know, but um, you can be smart about it and consciously choose to separate the two so that, for example, you can get your beauty sleep and not disrupt the plans that you've made for the day after or disrupt your life in general. You know, um, it can really help you to enjoy one thing and enjoy the other equally as much. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really up to thinking about your lifestyle and, and how you want all of these things to fit together. Um, one area of your life shouldn't overwhelm all of the others. You want to find that balance. And again, it's obviously not an easy thing to do, but it's really something that is, that is achievable. Um, so one last thing I wanted to share before I go, um, you want to manage your lifestyle choices in a smart way and that all starts with your mind with your mindset with your with your mind style you know um, mind style meaning and this is my definition mind style is the empowered way in which you consistently choose to perceive your world and the emotional mental favorable conscious attitudes and mindful habits you accumulate to support you in shaping your career in music and your life accordingly every single day. Okay, so it's really about 
thinking, um, thinking about it this way. What does it take to be a DJ? What does it take to be a producer? And I don't mean um, the skills, the technical skills you need to have, but I really mean the attitudes towards it. Okay, so with that, I want to leave you with one more track and, um, and then I really hope you will think about these things and use them, put them to practice. And also, please, please feel free to let me know what you think of this show because this was a huge experiment for me. Um, you, can reach, you can reach out to me um, on my email, captain at theunicornmothership.com. Let me repeat captain at the unicorn mothership.com give me a shout let me know what you thought of this show and as with every show i give away one free coaching call of 30 minutes to anyone who thinks they need help um, to discuss anything that resonated with you on this show and just to really um you know see if and how we could potentially work together and if not I will be happy to put you on your way with a whole bunch of other resources. Okay, so again, I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, please let me know what you thought of it. Reach out to captain at theunicornmothership.com. Let me know what you think. And I have one more track lined up for you, and I will catch you next month on Reform Radio. Goodbye. <laughs>